In a land without magic, an assassin is summoned to the castle. She has no love for the vicious king who rules from his throne of glass, but she has not come to kill him. She has come to win her freedom. If she defeats 23 murderers, thieves, and warriors in a competition, she will be released from the prison to serve as the king's champion. Her name is Selena Sardothian. The crown prince will provoke her, the captain of the guard will protect her, and a princess from a faraway country will befriend her. But something rotten dwells in the castle, and it's there to kill. When her competitors start dying mysteriously one by one, Selena's fight for freedom becomes a fight for survival and a desperate quest to root out the evil before it destroys her world. Hi, thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Nicole. And I'm your host, Jacqueline. Welcome to the first season of Perfectionist. Today we're talking about The Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss, which is the first book in the Throne of Glass series. The Throne of Glass series is a collection of young adult fantasy novels. So I remember when we first read this book, we Mm -hmm. jumped on a call pretty much immediately after I finished reading it so we could discuss it. Mm -hmm. What were your first thoughts after reading Throne of Glass? My first thoughts were, I want to talk to Nikki because I'm really excited about this. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was awesome. It was so exciting. It uh, reminded me of a few other books I've read, but it, it was still very different in its own way. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the sort of um, sort of adventurous pacing, I guess. How about you? I really, really enjoyed it. I think this was the first book that I had read um, besides the prequel to it, which we'd read just before, but that really immersed me into the world instantly. And I find that doesn't happen too often when I'm reading books. And this one, I just wanted to keep reading. It was one of those ones that it was hard to put it down at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. So how did you feel? It sounds like you really enjoyed the world building in the book. I did. Given that it was the first book, official sort of book of the series, Uh, of course, excluding Assassin's Blade. Mm -hmm. How did you kind of feel about the way that she set everything up in Riftold? I, yeah, I really enjoyed the detail and small things that you don't think are necessarily significant. But I think as you continue to read the series, you start to understand some of those things that seem fleeting or just added for seemingly no good reason you start to see that it is intentional and every little detail is building up to something else Mm -hmm. and not wanting to give any specifics away of what happens, just a note to anyone who is wanting to read this, pay attention to those little details because they might become significant events later on or lead to something significant later on. Yeah, I agree. It's with Sarah's writing, she doesn't generally write anything that isn't important. 
mm-hmm. including including those tiny little details like you were mentioning. Yeah. You, as a reader, I think you sometimes think like, oh, they're just like trying to build it up so you get a better picture, which I'm sure is a part of it. But it's very, it seems much more intentional than just simply to paint a picture for you. Definitely. Yeah. So how did you feel about the story? Because it was written in multiple perspectives. What did you think of that? It was a little hard for me at first to get into it. I would just start getting into a storyline and something from one person's perspective then if it would jump to like a different person's perspective that wasn't within that scene, I was a little like, no, but I want to go back and find out what happens there. So it was yeah. easier when it was pers- different perspectives within the same scene. I found that easy. And I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that right away because it was kind of cool to see a scene from different yeah, perspectives. For sure. But then when it would jump to sort of somewhere, somebody somewhere else doing something else, I was like, oh, wait, 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 I want to go back there. But then I, as the more I read it, the more I started to appreciate um, being able to see where different people were at in different moments. For sure. I feel the same way. It is sort of jarring when you're really immersed into a character and a scene and everything that they're going through. And then all of a sudden you're jumping into a completely different environment almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find that jarring as well. And it, it's almost like it takes a few minutes to kind of reacquaint, like to kind of immerse yourself back into the world, right? Yeah, exactly. So one thing I noticed while I was reading the book was the little details we were talking about earlier. And I was starting to think about what timeline or like what time period would this book be set in? And obviously this book is not set in our world. It is a fictional world that's being created. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just say, oh, it is this time period. But given the elements that we do know about, like the way people dress and different like features, plumbing, what they drive, that sort of thing. Do you have any inkling of where you would place it if you were to place it in our world? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of think late 1800s, but it's a little tricky because there's still like sword fighting mm-hmm. in this, in this, right? Yeah. So, but for the rest of it, other than sort of the weaponry, I would say maybe like late 1800s ish. Yeah. I think that fits with like where they're at with plumbing for sure. Yeah. Um, and, but their clothes seem to be a little bit more old fashioned than that, which I found to be interesting mm-hmm. or like a mix of later fashions and even earlier fashions. So yes, I, I found that really intriguing how masks seem to incorporate fashions as far back as like Roman times with like the tunics that everyone wears, mm-hmm. uh, which was very popular as early as, um, like fifth century BC, I think maybe yeah. 30th yeah. century BC, somewhere around there. Um, and then ball gowns, which are still popular today. Yeah. So very really cool. cool. Yeah. I really did enjoy the way she blended kind of took inspiration from different points in history mm-hmm. for all of that. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. It's like she took the elements that were best suited to the world she wanted to create and just meshed them together so beautifully. Definitely. One thing I read when I was kind of doing a bit of research for this, which I found so interesting, was that the original Throne of Glass book is written 
loosely, I'm guessing, based off of Cinderella. And I was completely Mm -hmm. shocked when I read that. I had absolutely no idea that, Mm -hmm. even after reading it, that it had elements of Cinderella in it. And now that I've read it and know that, and thinking back, I'm like, okay, I can can start to see these little pieces. Did you know that before reading the story? No. And when you told me, (laughs) I was unsurprised just because her other series that's extremely popular, Court of Thorns and Roses, is sort of loosely inspired off of Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't surprised, but it definitely never crossed my mind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now that you know, can you picture scenes where you're like, oh, I can see that being inspired? A little bit. Yeah. It's not obvious or anything. No, not obvious at all. But mm-hmm. I, now that I know that, I, I don't know how far this Cinderella thread goes in the series, but now I feel like I want to kind of really look for them, those yeah. little Easter eggs within the rest of them, if they continue. I don't know if they do or not. But. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. So Throne of Glass is not the original title of the book. The original title is actually Queen of Glass. What do you think about that? Queen of Glass. Well, knowing that we know, knowing what we know about the rest of the titles, and one of them is Queen of Shadows, Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, would I prefer Queen of Shadows or Queen of Glass? I think I, I think I like the change. I think I prefer, because you can't really do Queen of Glass and then later do Queen of Shadows. I mean, maybe you could have, but like everyone has a different set of words to it. So I feel like they would have done something different for Queen of Shadows had they stuck with Queen of Glass. And I like Queen of Shadows. I think it works there. And I think Throne of Glass makes more sense. I agree. I'm a little confused by the original title. Mm -hmm. I think if it had been called that, uh, when you're reading it and you're still not sure what's going to happen in the series, I think that title would have influenced me to think go down a very different path of yes yes what my I, theories would have been <laughs> yeah i completely agree you are right it doesn't it just doesn't quite make sense at that point yeah. in time mhm mm-hmm. who do you think or who would you recommend this book to of like what friend would you recommend read this book who so it is a young adult story but I think adults can get some pretty good um, amusement out of it anyway. Mm -hmm. I I would recommend everybody read it. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm really trying to get my husband to read it so I can talk to him about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think anybody who really enjoys um, just adventure stories or high fantasy will enjoy this story, regardless of age. No, I definitely agree that anyone who enjoys like fantasy and action kind of adventure stories would be interested in this. I find it interesting that this is a young adult novel and maybe I'm just being old here, but there are parts of this story that I think might be a little mature for, I think at one point I read that it's a children's book. Yeah, that's... And I'm like, no, I, so. young adult, if we're saying young adult, like 17, 18 onward, then yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's in high schools and kids as young as like 15 can be in high schools. 
And I feel like it's a little young for that age, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being just an old fogey. Maybe. <laughs> I thought I knew everything when I was 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I think children's book is would be a not a good classification for it. Agreed. Young adult for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, children's way too young. Actually just recently saw in one of my book club groups, um, her, uh, this mother was posting about the fact that her fourth grader brought home Assassin's Blade and was reading it. Not and so she, she took, she took it away. Um, and she was wondering what everyone else's opinion was like, do you think this is an appropriate book for that age? You know, she had read it and she's like, I don't think it's appropriate. A lot of people who weren't parents were like, it's fine. But no, it's no. definitely inappropriate for a fourth grader, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the content is obviously so mature and violent. So I would agree. Yeah, no, it's not a children's book. It's mm-hmm. a young adult book, for sure. I yeah. would say probably age of 15 is probably when you can start to consider <laughs> to think about the fact that maybe your child might be ready to read this just because of the themes of violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously not all 15 year olds are the same. So it would mm -hmm. depend on the maturity of that child. Totally. Totally. But younger than 15, I would say uh, just skip it and wait. Yeah. That would be, that would be my recommendation. (laughs) Just (laughs) skip it temporarily. Yeah. (laughs) Don't skip it forever. (laughs) is there anyone who you think might want to skip this book is there anyone out there who you're like you know what this one just might not be for you I think there's people who really don't have the patience for high fantasy uh people who enjoy fast paced uh high tension books such as a thriller Mm -hmm. and if if that's kind of the only thing they enjoy and not so much Because world building, like reading world building, there is a certain amount of patience involved. I think people who enjoy really fast, easy reads might want to think about skipping it. I do think, though, if they gave it a try, they'd probably end up loving it. Mm -hmm. But, um, and and children, young children. (laughs) (laughs) We'll say that one more time. Young children should skip this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for now. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought of one other element that people might be drawn to. And in this particular novel within the series, it has a mystery element to it. Mm -hmm. So if you like a little mystery, then you Mm -hmm. might like this particular book within the series. I was actually so pleased when we began reading because I wasn't expecting it to take that Mm -hmm. for it to go in that direction at all. And I was so pleased that there was some mystery in there. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, this book has everything I love. It has fantasy. It has action. It has mystery. What more could you want? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Did you think, like, did this book remind you of any other books that you've read in the past? Nothing came to mind. I haven't read a ton of books. Like I don't have a massive book library um, that I've read that you do. So I can't think of anything that instantly comes to mind that I would say is very similar. There's elements obviously that are similar to other books I've read. But Mm -hmm. for me, this one is being a standalone. Okay. How about you? 
Yeah, it reminded me of a blend of um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire with the Triwizard Tournament. Mm. Okay, yeah, um, I get that. Yeah, and it reminded me also a bit of Hunger Games. Not more more due to the similarity with the Triwizard Tournament. I don't want to give away too much because this is a non-spoilers episode, but mm-hmm. um, kind of, I would say, like a blend between Hunger Games and then the Harry Potter Goblet of Fire. Um, kind of, yeah. But mm-hmm. then, but then very much its own thing as yeah. well. Right. Mm-hmm. But it definitely did make me, I remember as I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is a little bit, this reminds me a bit of Hunger Games. Right? Interesting. So, yeah. I have actually read the Hunger Games series. Um, it was quite a few years ago now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's really interesting that you put those two together. I hadn't, but now that you're saying it, I'm like, okay, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> it, it's not like super similar, but it did, it did give me. It did give Hunger Games a yeah. little. It had a little Hunger Game essence to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little pinch. Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever consider rereading this book? Because lots of people will read a book once and push it aside, and or not push it aside, but it's like, I've read it, one and done. Mm-hmm. Would you consider rereading this book, this series? Well, we haven't finished the series yet, but... I'm under the assumption I will want to reread the series mm-hmm. <laughs> because so far each book that we've read in the series, I would definitely reread. I think I will read it again if I am able to find the time to, because I think there's so many things that you miss mm-hmm. the first time you read it. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm kind of glad that I get spoilers through like looking at different forms or art pages because then you know to be hyper vigilant about certain conversations that are happening or certain scenes. So you pick up on little things you otherwise would have missed. Mm-hmm. And with a book series, there's so many little details that are so easy to miss. So going back and rereading it, you're able to just be mindful of that and pay attention to the smaller things that, again, we've mentioned will come up later. But now you like can really focus on them. Totally. So I think Um, that this would be a good one to reread because there are so many things going on that I am sure I could go back and reread it now. And, and it's only been like two months, I think, since we read it and be like, oh, right. I forgot that. Or, oh, I didn't even notice that the first time. Yes. Um, I, I find that with almost every book that I read that when I go back and reread it, it's, I notice so much that I'm almost thinking like, where was my head at when I read it mm-hmm. the first time? But you're just so busy, just like kind of living in the moment and experiencing everything this new world has to offer that it's almost like, oh, there's so much information. When you go back and you read it the second time, you're able to kind of focus in on the elements that do impact the story further down the line. And you're not mm-hmm. thinking of theories that may not be applicable or yeah. whatever, <laughs> right? No. And I always find the first time I read a story, especially a story that has a mystery element to it, I want to know what happens so bad that I'm reading faster than maybe I would otherwise. Mm -hmm. So I, it makes it easy to skip things. Yeah, definitely. I guess this kind of goes without saying, but I'll ask it anyways. Did you like the setting? Did you feel that the setting impacted the story? And would you want to read more books set in this world? Yeah, I 
did like the setting. Like we mentioned, I like the different blends of sort of what we know as time periods on earth (laughs) that she used within her story. I think she picked really good elements to set a story that is conducive to the fantasy world that she's creating. It's kind of a bit, you know, there's, it's not modern. So it's like those, um, fantasy elements that are within the story, they fit really well within the setting and the different technologies that are there or not there. So I definitely like the setting and I'm really enjoying being immersed in this world. Same. Uh, Would you be interested in reading a different character's story based in this world, like not attached to Selena? Yeah, I think I would. Like, especially if it's not just only if it's somebody who's like, tangentially related to the story like maybe someone we're introduced to but don't really see their perspective very often or maybe not at all um but yeah if there was somebody else who wasn't even introduced in this series but you find out through reading their book that actually they were a part of this world yeah I think that would be cool I'm sure that it would be just as interesting yeah I think that says a lot about how good of a job Sarah has done with the world building Mm mm-hmm But overall, I think this is an excellent book. And if you are interested in any of the elements we discussed, you should do yourself a favor, go pick it up and give it a read. Thanks for joining us today. Next week, we'll be diving more deeply into the Throne of Glass novel with a heavy spoilers episode. Hope to see you then. Bye for now.